This is a Flashpoint Podcast Extra. You can subscribe to the podcast by logging on to iTunes, using the Radio.com app, or any platform you use to get your podcast and searching Flashpoint KYW. Enjoy this exclusive content. This is Flashpoint, where we talk about the issues that get everyone hot and bothered. I'm your host, Cherry Gray. Philadelphia is a working-class city, so being fired without good cause absolutely gets folks hot under the collar. Ask Thomas Daniels. He served more than two decades in federal prison on a drug charge. He was a model prisoner and was among one of the 1,385 lucky defendants who got a second chance where President Barack Obama commuted their sentences. And when he got out in 2015, he tried to rebuild his life by becoming a driver for Uber. But despite excellent ratings, the company fired him, citing a Delaware law that bars drivers with criminal pasts like Daniels from working for ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft. Now, Daniel protested the move and made headlines. Now he's in the KYW studios. Welcome to Flashpoint. Thanks for having me. So, first of all, congratulations on getting clemency. That's a big deal, and it's very difficult to get. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and how long did it take you to get that? Almost a year. Yeah, and so you jumped through a lot of hoops. Tell me, uh, tell me about how you felt when you found out you were going to get your freedom. It was surreal at the time. I couldn't believe that um, I had made clemency that quick, uh, and I was so fortunate to get it. I had uh, 1,900 people that uh, got it. Yeah. And so you get out, and what was, the, what, was, what was your ultimate goal when you got out? To be a law-abiding citizen to make things happen out here through my programs I, I want to implement. Mm-hmm. So give me an example. I have a program called Visions Beyond the Walls with the Empowering Men program, which consists of me teaching uh, the youth and different individuals about financial literacy. Okay. And so you were, you were doing financial literacy programs. Then how did Uber come in? How did Uber get involved? I just took a shot at trying to get the job with Uber. I kept hearing about it. I heard about it while I was incarcerated. So then I just put in the application and they hired me. Yeah. And so what was it like being an Uber driver? I'm not going to lie. It was exciting. You always met a lot of good people that tried to help you in a lot of ways. Gave you a lot of good insight while you was talking to them and driving. Yeah. And did you tell people, did people know that you were one of the folks who got clemency? You know, tell me what it was like. Depending on how long of a ride you might take with the individual, you will get to having a conversation. I would just bring it up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them just enjoyed that, you know, I was doing the right things out here and that I made it out here to try to make a change in the difference uh, in people's lives. And so from how long to how long did you drive for Uber? From 2016 of May to when they uh, terminated me in April of yeah. 2018. Now, I understand you had top ratings. Yes. Yeah. And w- w- what made you a top rated driver? Communicating with the people. That's all. Keeping it real with them all the time. Making them laugh, telling them stories, you know, letting them know about different things in the city because I go out a lot to eat and things of that nature. So I knew the city real good. And so then you, they fired you. How'd they tell you? Through an email. Mm. First, I, I received a post. It was called a, a pre-adverse letter. And it listed all of my convictions on it from 1990 to 1996. 28 years old with some of them and 23 years old with the other ones. And what went through your mind? How is this happening? If I can make clemency through Barack Obama, how I'm not good enough for Uber, who are you? 
Yeah. And so then you made up your mind to do what? Contact the newspaper. That's that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Somebody has to know about this injustice. Yeah. And so you felt like it was injured because you had been driving, nothing happened, great ratings, and then they fire you. Yes. And did you did and so you got the newspaper story out. Right. And what happened after that? Uber called me almost <laughs> it seemed like a hundred times trying to give me that job back. Before the news article came out, they contacted Uber and told them what they was gonna do and they was calling me the same day every day. All day long for two days. Yeah. But you haven't taken the job back. Why? I'm still a little disgruntled with Uber. I may take the job back soon. They sent me the app back, reactivated one day, and the same day they fired me, said it was a glitch in their system, and hired me back all on the same day again. So what you did re-up with them, they fired you again, and then said it was a problem. What happened, they had uh, discontinued my app. So then they sent me the app one day. The next day, the same day, they took the app. The next day, they gave the job back again. They contacted the newspaper station and said, we made a mistake. We want this guy to have his job back. Yeah. And so did that make you feel any kind of way that they, that they admitted a mistake? They was wrong from the door. They knew that. So that's how I felt about the whole situation. They should have contacted me and had a conversation with me and tried to find out who I was instead of using my record to hold against me. That's how I felt about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You just don't come from anywhere and just fire a person for no good cause at all. Did it cause you financial hardship? Yes, because I was in the process of working on buildings, and I would pay a lot of my workers out of that. You know, a lot of these guys, they make $100 a day. So I may make 150 or $100 a day, and I pay different guys working on these buildings that I was in the process of getting and uh, doing repairs on. So it set me back. Mm-hmm. And so you just, and so, but you were a good driver. You like driving. Mm-hmm. They offered you your job back right. and you're just like, no. No, that's what it was. Because I feel as if they can do it to me, they do it to anybody. Some guys can never bounce back from that. They're going to go straight back to crime. So that's why I'm standing on right now to make it a road a little more easier for other people. To let them know that we do care and we do have a voice. And what my past is, is my past. We're dealing with the future right now. Yeah. What do you think one of the big, biggest misconceptions that that the general public, that employers have about people who spent time in prison? Sometimes they may think that, you know, we don't have that behavior out of our systems. But when you've been locked up for a numerous amount of years, you get to educating yourself and doing certain things. You start understanding it's a different way. And you may have just chose the wrong route to get things done because you didn't know any better at the time. This was presented to you. This is the area you came up in, the environment, the things you came up around. So this is what you do now. So then it becomes about learned behavior from in your youth. Yeah. Because you're just trying to survive. So let's take, let's take a walk back. What kind of guy were you before you went to prison? I was the same type of guy I am now. I just... Uh, Chose the wrong business field at the time. <laughs> you know, and they say, and so you were a drug dealer, basically. Yes. No, not a violent person. Not at all. And just had drug charges. And, you know, it's funny because in Philadelphia, uh, there's been a couple of grocery store chains that hired former drug dealers. And they say they become the some of the best managers they ever had. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, a lot of people when they come out, and, and especially drug dealers, ex-drug dealers, were some a great salespeople. And had great management skills. And so you rehabilitated yourself during the 20 years right. and changed your life. I mean, 
do you think that people should just, I mean, what do you want to say to folks? Because this is, this is something that Philadelphia is seriously dealing with, with multiple, all kinds of numbers of people coming home every single day. To me, what I want to show the people is that no matter what you've been through, that you can achieve, you know, good things out here. I'm not going to say great, I'm going to say good things. And then you can make a difference in other people's lives. Because even with me doing the real estate thing, every time that I hire somebody to do a job, I'm creating a job for them. And then I'm showing the other guys that were in as long as me and some guys that haven't been locked up as long as me that you can do something outside of hustling and selling drugs. It's not your do-all. It's something you may have went through in your life at the time, but then you had to move away from these things. Yeah. So my whole mindset while I was locked up was when you go home, it's no drugs. So I'm going to act like I live in a world with no drugs. I'm going to find something else that, you know, direct my energies into and get my money a whole different type of way. And that's what I did. And so Uber was a part of that hustle. All day long. And so it kind of, it must have been kind of, I'm sure it's steam. You had steam coming out of your head when they fired you. Of course I did. They cut my check off. I'm going to, you know, feed my family and take care of the things I need to take care of without the money coming in. And you get used to the money coming in. So we're talking about maybe $800,000 a week. You were driving like that, bro? Every day. Easy money. Wow. I didn't know people made that kind of money driving Uber. I might go out and make 50 or $60 in the morning, another 50 or 60 at night, and it's over. Wow. And then, and then you were doing real estate stuff during the day. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and so are you, is that kind of what, you, what your true passion is? What is your passion now? That's my passion, trying to educate the youth. Uh, the underprivileged in the neighborhoods because we're the last one to get any type of financial literacy training at all because there's nothing being taught in school and we don't have any type of programs in these community centers in our areas. So I feel as though I could be a catalyst to get some things started in the neighborhoods in the community. So tell me about your program. name of my program is called Visions Beyond the Wall, and I have a component called the Empowering Men and Women Program. So I teach real estate, uh, personal credit, business credit, all these things. I made the curriculum up uh, while I was incarcerated. So I'm in the process of finding a uh, curriculum writer to help me put all these things in book form so I can possibly put them in schools and in the prisons. Uh, my program was still being ran in Kentuck. That's the halfway house I was uh, released to. I was the first federal prisoner to ever be allowed, and they've been there for 29 years. I was in the halfway house, and they allowed me to teach my program in the halfway house which was effective in teaching these guys how to get their credit straight and get credit cards. So these, these are all my passions right now. These are the things I like to do for the people all throughout the city. So anywhere that my services can be used, I'm right there. I'm not charging anybody a dime. I don't want any money. I get mine by giving back. Wonderful. So I had a gentleman in here not too long ago uh, who told me he spent some time in federal prison. And he said federal prison was like grad school. He's like all kinds of people were in there. He was able to educate himself, and he really felt like he was in university during the time he was there. Did you feel the same way? I have to say it like this. Anything that you want to know in the federal prison is somebody in there that knows about it, that was in that type of field in that institution. Yeah. It's your job to find this individual and make everything work the way you need to work to educate yourself because they're writing it and willing to give you the information. Yeah, because there's a lot of great minds in prison. I had some of the best guys you know, I can name. I had Lonnie Dawson there. I had uh, Theodore Edmonds there with me. Uh, Guy Fisher, me and him did time. I learned some things from him. 
I'm just talking about the list goes on of yeah. all type of people. I'm talking about not just, you know, they's black, white, Italians, uh, Russians, Jews. I'm talking about from all over the not just the United States, from all over the world, that dudes took, I put, put it like this. They put me under their wing and schooled me to everything. Well, so you got a true education in there. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that about federal prison. I did. I've heard that federal prison is, he said it's like going to graduate school. Like, and he said he learned because he's like all kinds of people. Some of the most intelligent people you and me are in there, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever they ended up doing. And so what do you want folks to know as you move forward? And are you going to call Uber back and just take this job back, brother? I might go ahead and uh, reactivate the app tonight because it looked like that's what you want me to do. And other people ask me the same thing. No, I'm not asking you to do anything. I don't, I have no dog in this fight. I'm just asking you, will you take the job back? Yeah, because I want to go ahead and make it so other guys can get this thing done for themselves also. So I feel if I take the job back, it'll set the precedent for other guys. Maybe Uber will give them their job back. Yeah. Because it's not all about me. Yeah. And so where can people find you? Are you on social media? Yes, under Thomas Daniels. Thomas Daniels. So I just want to say uh, Uber fired you. But Uber giving you a job back, and you making a difference in the community at the same time. And uh, I'd like for you to look at my website, visionsbeyondthewalls.org. Visionsbeyondthewalls.org. So thank you so much, Tom and D- Thomas Daniel, for coming into KYW Studios and talking about your issue because this happens to a lot of citizens in Philadelphia who are dealing with change, you know, trying to get a, a true second chance. So right. congratulations on you to you for taking a stand. Thanks a lot, and thanks for having me. All right. Have a good day.